0: The following presentation is brought to you through the power of science.
1: Ooh, shiny.
0: Welcome to Generations Geek, a family friendly celebration of geekdom by Father Daughter Outlaws. I'm science fiction writer Scott Pearson, and I'm joined as always by my daughter.
1: Hand over your purse.
0: And we are two generations of geek.
1: This is episode 14, Robin Geek, and we'll be talking about a bunch of versions of Robin Hood from the classic Errol Flynn movie to various British TV versions, not to mention Daffy Duck and everyone's favorite not-a-merry-man, Worf.
0: But first, I want to remind our listeners to interact with us via the hashtag internet. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and check out our website, generationsgeek.com, which provides handy links to all of our shows stored safely in the Tritanium Vaults of the Chronic Rift Network. You can always email questions for us or our guests to thegeeks at generationsgeek.com.
1: And now, on with the show.
0: Why do you think everyone loves Robin Hood so much?
1: Because he steals from jerks and laughs, laughs while he's doing it.
0: There you go. We're going to start with the classic 1938 Warner Brothers... Full color production of The Adventures of Robin Hood starring Errol Flynn and Olivia de Havilland as Maid Marion.
1: And that's amazing technicolor, Dad. Not just color.
0: I stand corrected. What did you think upon your first viewing of this classic movie?
1: I like almost any version of Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> it's always nice to see him climbing up and down walls and nodding them.
0: Was there anything about this version? that struck you as different or interesting compared to the other things that you've seen that we'll be talking about throughout the show.
1: Some comparisons that can be made are whether or not the outlaws are previously outlaws compared to Robin Hood or not. In some stories, he gathers them up, and in others, he just kind of ends up with them when he runs into the woods.
0: Yeah, and in this one, it's not established that Robin himself has been away at the Crusades. When it starts out, Robin's just already there with Will Scarlet, and he hasn't just come back from being away or anything. And I think that's one of the things they did to to condense it into... Because it's, it's under a two-hour movie, and yet they're able to do a lot of the story.
1: Yeah, and King Richard comes back you know, and, even. and King
0: Richard comes back at the end, and so everything you know comes together. But it's got so many of the classic scenes that you need. Of course, it has the classic scene between Robin Hood and Friar Tuck that is a key scene to the to the legends and gets a fabulous (laughs) dramatization in this one because I just love now the name of the actor escapes me but the guy that plays Friar Tuck has one of the most unique voices in the history of cinema it's just so gravelly (laughs) did you like this Friar Tuck? Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: Friotuck is usually cast pretty well. Yeah. And we can't forget Robin meeting little John, either, on the bridge over the river.
0: Yep, the classic uh, quarterstaff scene, which we'll talk about some more later on when we talk about cartoons. (laughs) And it's also the scene that is used to great effect by a particular act at our local Renaissance Festival, and they dramatize the Robin Hood Little John fight as just an excuse to fall in the water and splash all the people in the audience <laughs> which which can be quite fun if it's a warm day what was your favorite part of this film
1: i don't remember if i've ever really actually watched a robin hood movie i'm usually mm-hmm. watching series yeah um but i just usually roll around in the glory
0: <laughs> that is the Robin Hood story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they did a great job of telling a lot of the key moments without it seeming rushed. It's both an origin story because it shows the meeting of Friar Tuck, it shows the meeting with Little John, and in this one, he gathers together the outlaws.
1: A really good scene in this movie is when um, he gets caught uh, shooting one of the king's deer. And so they bring him into, like, the great hall, and the door's open, and you can see him, like, beating up two guards with the deer (laughs) on his back, like, hitting them with the, like, with the antlers. And then he kind of just, like, struts into the hall and is like, I've heard you haven't been feeding your servants here. And, like, flops the dead deer on the table in front of everyone and then just, like, sits down and starts eating. Oh, my gosh.
0: He doesn't shoot the deer. Someone else shoots the deer, and then he steps in to rescue them. It was much and that scene is also one of the key scenes because that's in in, in almost all the versions near the beginning of the movie there's a scene where he goes in and confronts some sort of power figure
1: yeah and the BBC's, in the bbc series we watched it's alan Dale that almost gets his hand cut off for shooting a deer
0: and oh okay when well, that'll come up later on in the show then too yeah and so you you see uh, the different when you watch a bunch of these it's interesting to see the different ways that th- that the different productions have utilized some of these key moments from the original uh, ballads and stuff that uh, that uh, that form the legends
1: and then when you when you know your stuff it's always great when one of the characters comes in cuz you can almost always tell who it is yeah so you're like oh go
0: yeah. Well, and then especially this one, since it's in fabulous uh, Technicolor, or amazing Technicolor, or what was the phrase you used? Amazing It's an amazing Technicolor. So when you see Will <laughs> at the beginning, <laughs> there's no doubt who he is because he's all dressed in red.
1: Will Scarlet. You know he's
0: Will Scarlet as soon as he appears on the screen in, in the uh, brilliant Technicolor red. Fun side note to this version The 1949 Warner Brothers cartoon, Rabbit Hood, which features Bugs Bunny running afoul of the Sheriff of Nottingham uh, by stealing one of the King's carrots. And throughout the cartoon, Little John appears and says, you know, fear not, Robin Hood is near, or whatever he says. It rhymes. And Robin Hood doesn't appear until the very end... (laughs) And then because, of course, it's made all, by Warner Brothers, they insert an actual clip from The Adventures of Robin Hood so you see Errol Flynn swing up onto the, yeah. the branch <laughs> of the uh, the Major Oak. And that's uh, a Put great little bit. Put his hands on his yeah. And the Major Oak is actually a real tree, the tree that they meet at in The Adventures of Robin Hood is an actual tree that you can, to this day, go see in uh, Nottingham. I just looked at a picture of it on the interwebs. You can look it up on the Wikipedia. And nowadays, it's got all sorts of uh, props underneath its branches to help hold it up because it's an ancient (laughs) tree. I have to tell my sad little Robin Hood-related story from when decades ago in the 80s because I am that old. I was living in England, in Birmingham, England. Birmingham, I should say, because you pronounce the G when you uh, are from Brum. (laughs) And a friend of mine and I decided that we were going to go to Sherwood Forest.
1: Because YOLO.
0: Exactly. I think it was in the spring when we didn't have a whole lot of time left before we were coming back to the States. But we looked up the information, got it all planned, then came the, the day we went out to the bus stop, because the whole journey was going to start from just walking out to the bus stop and waving down the bus, because in England you, you, you wave down the buses.
1: Which, Which is like smarter and avoids awkward situations. Yes.
0: So we go out, we see the bus coming, we recognize the number, there's the bus we need to start our journey. And as the bus approaches, we wave at the bus, And we kept waving at the bus as it roared on by without stopping. And uh, (laughs) there wasn't another bus that day, or maybe there was another bus, but it was too late for it to work for us. And uh, then, uh, sadly, we never got a chance to do it again for some reason. So it's the most pathetic Robin Hood story ever. But now you have a more of a happy ending Sherwood Forest story.
1: (laughs) I have a friend whose dad is from England. And so they're always taking trips over there about every other summer, I think, to visit their grandparents who live in Sherwood Forest. And in seventh grade, which is three, four years ago. (laughs) I'm old, too. Don't worry. Um, So
0: old you can't do the math to figure out the difference between what grade you're in. Okay, but it's
1: weird because of the school years and, like, normal. It's just, (laughs) Dad, come on. I told her that if she ever brought me anything back from Sherwood Forest, that I would cry when she gave them to me. So I was standing around at school, and she comes running up to me and shoves this gallon-sized Ziploc bag in my face and says, Here! And then I look down, and in the bag uh, is first a Mars bar, and a bag of Jelly Babies. And then in a smaller Ziploc bag are three leaves, two rocks, and a feather. And I'm kind of like, what? What? She's like, you said you would cry. And I almost did. I couldn't say anything. I was just standing there like, what? <laughs> so, um, now we're pressing them, and I'm going to frame them to put them up so
0: in my room. So we now have nerd. actual leaves from actual Sherwood Forest in and our I house. And I got a Mars Bar
1: and Jelly Babies.
0: I think we should move on to the same titled TV series, The Adventures of Robin Hood.
1: With Richard Green, my first Robin Hood. And
0: so this is from 1955 to 1959. Originally broadcast on ITV in England and was also shown in the States. And I just love this series so much. It's filmed in glorious black and white. Uh, half hour episodes and the great thing about the tv series is that you have the time to develop because the film as great as it is you know the first half hour or so is getting through all these scenes the deer hunting scene friar tuck little john it all has to take place right away so then you can get to sort of the, the bigger story and wrap it all up by the end but in the ITV series, you don't have to do that. So in the first episode, you get Robin coming back from the Crusades himself to discover that things have gone wrong in Nottingham.
1: Terribly awry.
0: Then you get the deer scene where he saves a guy from the King's Men. And you get the confrontation scene.
1: Except for now, like Les Mis, they don't sing. They... <laughs> <laughs> I had to you know I had to,
0: but you get the scene where he goes in in this one he's confronting uh some Normans that have moved in you know that have taken his land and castle while he was gone
1: and he swaggers in like y'all best get on out of here and it's it's, awesome and uh whoever um what's his name who's there is kind of is like really drunk and so and so he's kind of like Robin a locksmith
0: and he's an idiot too
1: yeah that that too
0: and yeah there's like comic relief there because he's uh, he's telling brave stories about himself and it's uh, immediately quite clear that he isn't brave at all But then we also get introduced to the Sheriff of Nottingham, and he's a smart guy, and he knows Maid Marian, as opposed to in the film with Errol Flynn, the Sheriff of Nottingham is a buffoon, kind of like the guy that had taken over Robin's estate in the TV version. And the real villain in the Errol Flynn version is Sir Guy of Gisborne, who is played by Basil Rathbone, who of course played Sherlock Holmes in a number of movies back in the day. And the treatment of Maid Marian, I think, is quite interesting between the two.
1: Yeah, it's really great in this um, version because it's like in the, in the first episode, the second episode.
0: Marian isn't introduced in the TV series until episode five, really, is five. called Maid Marian. She makes a small appearance in episode three or four, I can't remember now. And Friar Tuck isn't introduced until episode four, and so that was the great thing—you you get you get to watch the characters, the key characters get slowly introduced, and then they tend to get their own episode. A, you know, a whole episode is about the meeting with Friar Tuck, and then a whole episode develops the meeting with Marion.
1: In this version, Marion immediately dresses up in her brother's clothes. And um, runs off to Sherwood Forest and acts like she's a young orphan boy who because wants she's, to help the outlaws. But she's
0: doing that because she's trying to catch the outlaws because yeah. she's been robbed of some money by the outlaws. And it's a great, you know, bunch of plot twists. But one of the, a couple of key things is that Marion was childhood friends with Robin in this yeah. one. Now, in the Errol Flynn version, They did not know each other previously, but in both versions, they start off hating him and then, of course, fall in love. Uh, But another great thing about the first few seasons, Maid Marian, as you mentioned, gets dressed up like a guy, gets out her bow, and goes out to take care of business. She is an incredibly contemporary character. It's surprising to see a woman written that way in the 50s But there's a lot of amazing things about the writing of this series because this was the peak of the Cold War and people getting blacklisted in Hollywood for being communists or leftists. And this show actually hired a number of writers who were blacklisted from working in the United States. And so the themes of Robin fighting against a government that isn't taking care of its citizens actually has all sorts of political undertones from the time period that are very subtle, but they're there, and it's kind of interesting that there was some progressive politics that were being sort of sneaked into the show. But then there's a sad thing about Maid Marian.
1: Yeah, they had to um, change actresses for whatever reason um, later on in the series. And um, then after that, uh, she wasn't... As much of a tomboy.
0: Both of the actresses are fabulous in their role, but for some reason, with the new actress, they changed the characterization, and so the second Marion tends to stay at home in the dress and wait for Robin to rescue her, where the first Marion...
1: Would have busted out herself.
0: I want to mention one great story as a, a bit of trivia to the TV show. Another one of the actors was replaced for a little while, Little John, because they were filming an episode and a horse kind of bolted and was heading toward a group of kids that were watching the filming. And Little John grabbed the uh, bridle of the horse and was able to stop it, but then like got run over by the cart that the horse was pulling and broke his leg or something and had to miss... 10 episodes. And then you know he got some sort of uh, commendation from the Queen for his bravery.
1: I love it when actors are their character. <laughs> yeah. Or like, they do something that just seems really like in character. Like, that's what Little John would have done, and Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. Like, <laughs> it killed me.
0: We already mentioned Rabbit Hood. And you can't talk about Robin Hood and cartoons without mentioning robin hood daffy which was in uh, 1958 and it's the meeting of robin hood and friar tuck friar tuck being played by porky pig and then you get the great quarterstaff scene transferred to friar tuck from little john but nevertheless there's a great quarterstaff scene on the log over the river
1: (laughs) (laughs) well and there's also if you're gonna say cartoons there's also the disney robin hood which is he's a fox uh, which i mean literally huh
0: <laughs> I'm not really much of a fan, but they made some strange choices in this one. It's got like American country Western music. <laughs> so instead of getting, you know, Will Scarlet singing a nice little British ditty, you've got an American country star twanging his way through these little songs. It
1: that doesn't my doesn't,
0: doesn't uh, work for me.
1: Well and for me a lot of it is like uh they're they're all animals. It's like how does it with the paws and the boats like how swinging like climbing foxes don't climb trees well it's like
0: how does bugs bunny talk i mean well, it's a...
1: okay but like robin hood wasn't a fox man it's like <laughs> what does the fox say give me your purse no <laughs> no
0: moving along then next up we have robin of sherwood which was an ITV series in 1984 to 1986 starring Michael Prade. We just watched the first episode. It had a lot of the key elements, plus some new ones. It's a big leap from the Errol Flynn movie and the Richard Green, which both had a certain lightness to them, common to the time period. Now we leap up into the 80s, where things can be a bit darker and dirtier. And it adds a layer of ancient magic. Did you like the magic twist? You were—I—I yeah, I had mixed feelings about it myself. Perhaps over the course of the entire series, it would have become something—I don't know. We're covering so many things that we don't have time to watch the entirety <laughs> of all the seasons of TV. So we're only on this one. We've only seen the first episode. Let's talk a little bit about it. So it opens up with the prologue that gives Robin a different backstory. In the previous ones we've watched, he's either coming back from the Crusades or is a uh, landed kind of uh, person who's lost his lands to the king in some fashion. In this one, he's a peasant who uh, has his family and village wiped out. And that also introduces this sort of ancient magic, this prophecy about a hooded man. And then we flash forward after after that gets set up, once we get up to that modern day, then we get on to familiar ground.
1: Yeah, a little bit.
0: Because there's Robin, and there's Much, and uh, Much has uh, shot one of the king's deer, and they get caught, and then all that is sort of like key elements of the story. And he gets thrown in, in the hole in uh, Gisborne's castle. So then you, you, got, you got Guy of Gisborne in there again. And all the people that he's in the dungeon with there end up becoming his men in Sherwood. So that that introduces Will Scarlet. You see Maid Marian in the castle. Who looks
1: like Merida from Brave.
0: I was thinking that myself.
1: I half think that some animators just like giggling (laughs) to themselves because the resemblance is scary.
0: It just seems like there has to be.
1: Even her dress. like The, The dress she was wearing.
0: Yeah, that the people from Pixar were familiar with this series and were... Inspired because, yeah, even she's, like the
1: way her hair was, yeah, like, she's
0: just got the it's big, crazy, curly hair
1: red, too, yeah. like orange.
0: <laughs> and then you also get to see the little John Robin quarterstaff fight over the river, but then it's got the bizarre twist <laughs> that little John is at first under the control of the sort of sorcerer character bellum that is introduced in this series and so so that's kind of weird and then robin somehow knows how to break the spell which just
1: like washed the runes off of him
0: yeah but he's but robin says to him then you know you were possessed yeah (laughs) so it's like was it explained somewhere that it didn't seem clear to me that robin would be familiar with dark magic and know how to break a spell
1: Maybe everybody knows some magic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Then Little John is pleased to have been released, so he's beholden to Robin, and that sets that up Uh, much. I know much doesn't come off very well in this one compared to uh, what we've seen so far because he's a kid. He's much younger, and he's kind of getting in trouble and screwing things we've up. We've seen kind
1: of at this point. We've seen both of the like extremes. Like in this one, he's really, really. He's he just seems like a little kid. Yeah. And in the other one, which
0: in the Richard Green,
1: no, Errol Flynn. In the Errol Flynn, he's pretty old. <laughs> and
0: oh yeah, yeah. In, in yeah. Errol Flynn, he's like older than Robin. Yeah. And in this version, he's, you know, like a young teenager.
1: I like the D C version that we're going to watch with much. It's like in the middle, kind of.
0: Yeah, yeah. I thought that there was much to like about it. I mean, I, I liked much? it. Much? Get it. I, you know, I liked that it's gritty and, and dirty. You know, the, the pre... I, I I love Errol Flynn's version and Richard Green's version, but... You know, it's all very clean and 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 light-hearted. There's a it, it's fun when you're when you're watching it, but there's a lightheartedness to them, even while people are getting killed and and uh, oppressed. Uh, <laughs> I started laughing. I, uh, you know, <laughs> Look at me! I'm being oppressed. I, the Monty Python thing came into my mind when I said oppressed.
1: I didn't vote for you.
0: So this one gets it definitely gets more real in that you you see the people uh, walking about in the muck. And stuff like that, but then yeah, I, I do have mixed feelings about the magic with this whole mysterious Hearn the Hunter and some and destiny and and that sort of thing. I don't
1: know. Like me personally, like this was this was good. This is all right. It's pretty good. I just if I'm gonna watch a version of Robin Hood, I would rather watch one that's a bit more happy. And I'm not so sure how I feel about the magic either.
0: But the other thing is, is that why do another Robin Hood series? without doing something a little bit different. Yeah. There, there's so many versions out there that I think that this was a valid way to make a new version, to try to bring in sort of that ancient, I don't know, Celtic nature, whatever kind of the proper term for this magic is, and, and to give it that sort of feel of of old England. And it, it almost gets kind of an Arthurian flavor to it you know he's handed a special yeah, sword, sword
1: that's part of the reason why i was still kind of like eh, because it just reminded me of excalibur and i was like robin's not i like there's a difference <laughs> between robin and arthur I, was, cause...
0: I think they were playing off so much of the stuff that makes england england you know it's a very it is a very british version which might seem strange to say when you're talking about robin hood but i think that some of the versions, it's almost like the American version of England as opposed to the English version of England. Does that make sense? To you? <laughs> a little
1: bit. Yeah. I get you.
0: A very interesting thing about this series is that it was, it was three seasons, and unfortunately, at the end of Series 2, Michael Prade, who played Robin, left the series, and they decided to give it a go without him. And so they brought in Jason Connery as Robert of Huntingdon, and he took over the Robin Hood name.
1: Bizarre.
0: I think there's two things interesting about that. First off is it's great that they didn't try to just recast Robin. Yeah. Because that gets awkward. Yeah. And then it does make a point that Robin Hood, in a way, is more of a role. Because even Robin of Loxley takes on this role. You know, he starts out as one thing, and then he sort of decides to become Robin of the Hood at a certain point in the episode. And so that kind of sets up, I think, the idea that someone else could step into that place. But nevertheless, then it didn't um, last past series three after losing its star so let's run down through some of the characters friar tuck unfortunately we didn't see a lot of friar tuck in this first episode
1: we just saw him being sad when marion when
0: marion left left. it was good casting i like the look yeah
1: yeah looked like tuck
0: so marion she looked the part i like that she seemed kind of strong when she first met robin when he was on the run and he came into her room
1: she just kind of looked at him like what the heck and then she was like oh well he'll die if i say he's here so yeah it's like yeah i'm fine that's good He's not a weird, dirty man in my room. (laughs) He like, like Robin goes over and like sits on her bed and she's like in like a nightdress in her bed and she's just kind of looking at him like um, hi, like do I know you?
0: (laughs) It was, that that scene I think could have been staged a little bit better. It
1: was a little awkward but it shows that Marion's not afraid of anybody
0: well she behaved but. realistically but without becoming a stereotype screaming woman kind of yeah. character when
1: i say he sat on her bed it's like a four poster bed right in the castle so he and he sits like at the foot of it so he's pretty like and she yeah. kind of scoots over but he's still pretty far away from her but still it's still like, that's it's kind pretty... of
0: forward of him to do under the circumstances And it's pretty
1: cool of her to just sit there <laughs> like yeah you have a sword and i don't and i'm just kind of sitting here you know and,
0: and guy of gisborne was a suitably repulsive and unlikable character straight away
1: he seemed kind of young he looked like 17
0: maybe they could have had a guy that looked like he could grow a beard
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah because he looked pretty young (laughs) yeah
0: but he did well and the 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 sheriff of nottingham was a evil guy and then they were doing some interesting stuff with the struggle between the church and the king and it was a little bit richer in its uh references to history and the social issues of the time and that sort of thing what about the robin let's just Let's just talk about Robin in this one.
1: He has fabulous hair. <laughs>
0: okay. He had fabulous nineteen uh, eighties long hair.
1: It kind of scared me. And uh
0: I'm scared of
1: it. It's powerful.
0: Powerful hair? Yeah. Of course we can't cover everything Robin Hood because there's been a gabillion of them. But there's a few titles here I want to mention kind of quickly time bandits do you remember the robin hood scene in time bandits we have to give the shout out to john cleese because as they distributed the wealth to the poor then they would also punch him <laughs> i can't remember, i can't remember if it was little john but it's like they'd give him something and then they'd punch them and uh and then i think robin said to the guy do you, do you have to do that and he's like yes <laughs> But then we'll we'll jump ahead now to 1991, which was a big year for Robin Hood. There was the infamous Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and starred Kevin Costner, a Yank, <laughs> as Robin Hood. I can't. Did he even try to do an accent? He did a little bit. It came and went. It was really sad. It was just an ill-conceived thing. Another movie called Robin Hood came out in the same year. Uh, Theatrically released around the world, but it played as a TV movie here in the States, and that starred Patrick Bergen, which I never actually saw. But then, to help get the foul taste out of our mouths from Kevin Costner playing Robin Hood, we also, in 1991, got the fabulous Patrick Stewart as Robin Hood, thanks to Q, in an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Q's my bro. we, we, We have to talk about that a little. Patrick Stewart... I thought, made a fun Robin Hood. Too old for the part, obviously, but it was a great episode.
1: A somewhat unwilling Robin Hood.
0: Oh, Robin Hood. And of course, who can forget Wharf,
1: who is not a merry man.
0: And uh, of course, he had Geordie as uh, Will Scarlet, playing a little <laughs> lute or whatever, which was then actually. Destroyed by Worf in a parody of a scene from Animal House, which you haven't seen because it's an R-rated movie. The only thing that I didn't like was the treatment of the women because, (laughs) you know, it's like Troy was breaking pottery over the sheriff's men's heads and sort of screaming and being kind of silly and girly-ish in a stereotypical way and it's like well, I mean, she's, a, but, she's a starfleet officer
1: yeah but even if you i mean i know she's just a character is yeah, throughout the series but it's just
0: kind of, you know it's like mm-hmm. i know she's a psychologist she's not a soldier as such but uh she's in starfleet she should be able to handle herself uh in a physical fight. I mean, like I don't training. know about
1: you, but if people were attacking me and there was some pottery, pottery around, I'd hit them over the head with Well, it. yeah,
0: it's... it's uh, Pottery is always a legitimate weapon, <laughs> if that's all you have. But it wasn't just... It was the way she did it. You know, like... Ew, ah, you know, and she was all sort of... She was not a bold, take the pottery, bash a guy over her head with it, and slice him with the bits. I mean, <laughs> she was it was... It was... I sense danger. Okay, lastly, we jump forward to 2006 through 2009 to BBC One's production of Robin Hood starring Jonas Armstrong. How does this series for you match up against the other stuff?
1: The other ones have stronger starts, I feel like. Mm -hmm. The first episodes are better. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's always hard (laughs) to get uh, the first few episodes really spot on.
0: Yeah, I've got some problems with this episode. I thought the tone of it, well, perhaps it's just me being an old man, but this is a show that's very contemporary. It's very much like a lot of shows made in this time period. I think ever since the very tongue-in-cheek Xena Warrior Princess show became a huge hit, There's a tendency to make period shows, you know, medieval shows, ancient shows, or whatever, and make them with a very contemporary sensibility as far as the humor and stuff. And this is definitely one of those shows. So it makes it not really my cuppa. (laughs) Uh, But I thought that outside of that, and a couple of strange directorial choices and production choices, they had an over-reliance on slow motion in the action scenes... And they do this thing where they have an arrow sound effect whoosh that they use between scenes. Overdone. Uh but that said, it did set up a lot of great stuff. I mean, it started with key scene, hunting of the deer.
1: It's Alana Dale, she's a deer, and yep. then almost gets one of his fingers cut off.
0: So it opens up with one of those key sequences, and you have Robin and Much returning from the Holy Land after several years gone so there's another one of those touchstone elements This is my
1: favorite much
0: and let's talk a little bit about Much Can you kind of can you remember the way that he's been used throughout
1: He's usually a bit of comic relief but still a very good character and very loyal to Robin Sometimes he's much the Miller, right? But oftentimes he'll be much the Miller's son, mm-hmm. um, and then be Robin's servant in this particular version of Robin Hood. Once they get back from the Holy Lands, Much is to be made a free man. Yeah, it's very nice.
0: Yeah, and that's I I thought that was a nice twist. I also liked how they introduced Marion Uh, Being the daughter of the former sheriff, the good sheriff, who's been replaced by the evil new sheriff of Nottingham, who is portrayed as a very contemporary, so evil it's laughable kind of character. I didn't really like the way they portrayed that. Well, the
1: first episode is also very, like, it's not, it doesn't compare to the rest of the Mm -hmm. seasons at all.
0: Did they tone down the sheriff's behavior at all?
1: Yeah, in the first episode, he gets angry at Robin and goes into a chamber and grabs a songbird out of a cage and just crushes it in his hands. (laughs) I feel like later on, it's more of him just being generic mean sheriff of Mm -hmm. Nottingham. Mm
0: -hmm. And they also introduced Guy of Gisborne as being the guy that had been uh, running Robin's lands while he was gone.
1: Remember that time when Thorin tried to kill Robin Hood?
0: When what?
1: Because it's Richard Armitage. Playing Guy of Gizman. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even make that connection, and I saw his name in the credits. He, well,
1: it's because he looks so different. And he's a really good actor, so when he acts oh. like Guy, he's just acting like complete <laughs> evil. Like,
0: I should have. Yeah, that and is. And Thorin's
1: so like majestic, and yeah, then there's yeah. Guy just staring at you like on his yep. black horse and like greasy yep. black hair.
0: Well, that is that is funny. And then we get the confrontation between Robin and the the sheriff where he sort of serves notice and 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 calls to the people of Nottingham to uh, to support him. It's kind of a nice touch that Will Scarlet is such a young lad. I thought that was an, a, a nice twist.
1: Yeah, Will and his brother almost get hanged because of a misunderstanding and people being evil. And so um <laughs> Even though they're very young in this version, they still get immediately turned into outlaws. Yep, Will doesn't sing. I don't know if you got that, but he's very <laughs> angsty teenager.
0: And well, and and that's another element of the uh, approaching these things in a very contemporary way.
1: He's a good. Char- I think they're all good characters once yeah. you get past the first few rough episodes.
0: And then at the at the very end of this episode, Robin and uh, his people get surrounded by the the outlaws of Sherwood Forest, led by Little John. We talked earlier in the episode about how sometimes the outlaws are already there and sometimes Robin gathers up the people. This one has kind of a blend because he's got a little crowd of people that he's with, but then the outlaws already are there.
1: Much is so upset because he was so excited to have his own land and servants, and then it's like, nope, time to run (laughs) off with Robin and sleep in the woods, Much. (laughs) Overall,
0: it was a good first episode in the way it set up the situation and introduced a number of the characters. Uh, but then there were some other scenes. There's the comp- almost completely pointless scene with the farmer and his daughter and the the fight scene.
1: They want to make Robin look like a player.
0: Yeah, yeah that was just uh, almost embarrassingly bad, I would say. Although one thing I like about this Uh, is that he's brought home uh, swords and bows of the Saracens.
1: Yeah, so he's even more awesome.
0: That's a nice
1: touch. He's got a recurve and some nice swords. And he's
0: got the scimitar-like curved blades. That And uh, I thought that was a nice historical touch to bring in something that's got a feel of the faraway Holy Lands. Like Robin of Sherwood... This version of Robin Hood also faced losing its Robin. Uh, Unlike Robin of Sherwood, uh, Robin Hood didn't go on for another series. Uh, At the end of series three, Jonas Armstrong said that he was leaving, and then they actually, huge spoiler alert, apparently killed him.
1: That's what they want you to think.
0: There was never a fourth series. I think they were going to do a fourth series, and it just didn't come together. Did it feel like a. I haven't actually watched the final episode. Did it feel more like a cliffhanger?
1: Yes. (laughs) Some people think that he actually died because, spoiler alert, he saw Marion, who, spoiler alert, she died too, a while before that. So he saw, like, Marion walking towards her in, like, a white dress. And I think he saw one other character that had died who they were kind of, like, sitting with him. And so people are like, no, he actually died. He saw Marion. And I'm like, no, because (laughs) he doesn't die. That doesn't happen.
0: So in your personal canon...
1: My personal headcanon for what would have <laughs> happened if the series continued is that because he went and he he like said goodbye to everyone, basically, and then was like, I have to do this alone, though, and then kind of like wandered off into Sherwood to die by himself. I feel like somebody would have found him or something would have happened and he wouldn't have died because Robin doesn't die, and then <laughs> everyone would have thought he was dead. And he would have just been like, Well, that's giving everyone a reason to fight back even more against the horrible taxation against So he coulsoned himself? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly, Dad. And because he would have woken up from his coma or something and been like, wow, look at all these great things. My peeps and the people of Mm -hmm. Nottingham are doing because they think I'm dead. Mm. And then he would have been like, maybe I'll go off into the Holy Lands and find Richard myself and bring him back. Because they didn't actually show him dying.
0: They showed him having these visions of people who had died before him.
1: He was, like, leaning against a tree and holding his stab wound or whatever Mm -hmm. it was. But nobody came and got his body or anything. It just cut to black.
0: They were clearly leaving an opening. They
1: were pulling a search for Spock. (laughs)
0: Okay, so we have talked about a ton of Robin Hoods. We've also left out a ton of Robin Hoods because there's just so many. There was one with Russell Crowe.
1: If I ever watch that, the amount of awful Javert jokes <laughs> I'm going to be making is going to be off yeah. the charts.
0: We we focused on four versions. The Adventures of Robin Hood starring Errol Flynn. The Adventures of Robin Hood starring Richard Green. Robin of Sherwood starring Michael Prade, and Robin Hood, starring Jonas Armstrong. Of those four, what's your favorite?
1: I would say, for both Robin and show overall, Richard Green's Robin Hood. Okay,
0: kicking it old school.
1: But I love the BBC version, the 2009 version, Mm -hmm. with all its flaws, Mm -hmm. which is probably at least half because I love that much. So much. <laughs> Whenever we go to Renfest, it's like I always awkwardly walk past any of the other actors for the Robin Hood show so mm-hmm. I can give money to much because that guy does a spot on impression. When I was there with just my friends, he made some kind of joke about being like the best of all the merry men. Mm -hmm. And of course there was this moment of silence where all the other merry men were like, Much, what the heck? And I just went, (laughs) woo, really loudly and he was like, yeah, and pointed at me and I was like, I got you, Much. I got you.
0: I would stick with Richard Green as my favorite of those four main ones. I mean, Errol Flynn was a great Robin Hood. But it's hard, uh, I mean, as far as real character development in in the TV series, you get so much more.
1: For me, it's almost like with Doctor Who, it's like Richard Green was my first Robin Hood. And so, like, (laughs) Matt Smith and Amy were my first, like, Doctor Who team. And so now anything other than that just seems weird. And, like, Clara still seems temporary to me. And, like, my mind just won't. So Richard Green is my Robin Hood. Even in the modern BBC series, the guy who plays Robin Hood, whoever fantastic, still isn't like Robin. I also feel like Richard Green looks the part. He looks like a knight. Whereas I feel like Errol Flynn did a really great job. He doesn't really look like a knight. Maybe that's just because I'm biased. It's like my love for Spock.
0: That was your original exposure to Star Trek was the original series. Okay, so we've picked our favorites. And now we have a special feature. First time we've done this we've gotten some audio clips from some fans of the show describing their favorite so let's bring on our first recorded guest
2: my name is amanda and i nominate brian bedford as the best robin hood on screen and television i fully admit that this nomination is a bit unorthodox when you compare actors who have betrayed the famous outlaw like errol flynn russell crowe and sean connery However, I think Bedford's Robin Hood is one of the most memorable roles to date, even though you wouldn't even recognize him if you met him in person. First of all, Bedford's Robin Hood is a fox, quite literally. Bedford played the title character in the classic Disney's animated film, Robin Hood. His Robin Hood had all the prerequisite qualities that a Robin Hood should have. He was dashing, good-looking, clever, good with a bow and arrow, and romantic. The only thing missing were the tights, but I'm willing to overlook that because he got to pal around with Phil Harris throughout the movie. Bedford's Robin Hood is definitely a classic and worth repeated viewings
1: with or without your kids. (laughs) Good to know that a fox can be good looking. (laughs) I just... I mean, I've seen some handsome foxes, but...
0: (laughs) I just love that choice. That is from my friend Amanda, whom I've known for decades. Uh, We used to work at uh, Barnes & Noble together, and so her vote is for Brian Bedford and she also mentioned, I forgot to, I don't think we mentioned this in the show at all, that Sean Connery, Bond, James Bond, did in fact once play Robin. Uh, and uh, it was a very different kind of movie. It was just called Robin and Marion, and it was set years later. They were you know, much older, and Marion was in the convent, and uh, it's a very different Robin Hood than anything else in, in the genre. And now we have one more special recorded guest.
2: So a few words about why Michael Praed is my favourite Robin Hood. Well, it's not just because he's easy on the eye, although he is very easy on the eye. There's something else there too. There's a great performance for one thing. Praed's Robin's intelligent, committed, compassionate and charismatic. This is someone that you really believe that people would follow. He's working class too, nobody fancy. He's the people's revolutionary. It doesn't hurt that Robin of Sherwood is my favourite adaptation of the Robin Hood legends. The whole show is magical. You've got the gorgeous music from Clanard, this combination of paganism and the Greenwood, and an amazing cast putting in some really wonderful performances. And there, at the heart of it all, there's Prairie's Robin, someone magical and human all at once, someone that's convincingly a legend, and someone who is very, very easy on the eye.
0: That was the fabulous Una McCormick, novelist of Doctor Who, Star Trek, and other fine things. So a rousing vote for the easy on the eyes Michael prayed in the show that didn't quite come together for me. I don't know, I, I sense that It might grow on me if I watched more and more of it. I think that uh, probably brings us to the end. Do you have any parting comments for our listeners?
1: Give the 2009 BBC version a chance past the first few episodes and possibly the first season. Okay. A real chance. Don't be like TV channels nowadays canceling their fly or fly (laughs) like they know what they're doing. That's all the time we have for this episode. Tune in next month for episode 15, Geeky About Gravity. We'll welcome back special guest Thomas D. Jones, actual space shuttle astronaut, to discuss the film Gravity. We'll learn what it got right and wrong about working in low Earth orbit from someone who's really been there. While I struggle to contain my inner fangirl.
0: (laughs) Remember that Generations Geek is a part of the Chronic Rift Network, which broadcasts through a rift in time aboard Skylab. Please give their other fine podcasts a listen at chronicrift.com. Thanks for listening, and come back next time. No geeks were harmed in the making of this podcast.
1: Ooh, shiny.